Hello and welcome back for episode two of Can You See What I See? My name is James Cordray and today I wanted to talk about 5th edition D&D's spellcasting rules. Now, they are generally the same as 3rd edition's rules for spellcasting, but there are a few minor differences. For example, we now have ritual spells. We don't have quite as many ninth level spells for our characters as we did before, but we do have these things called ritual spells, which do not take spellcasting slots. So if your character has some downtime, adding 10 minutes to the casting time of a spell gives them the ability to cast certain spells for free. Certain spells like Forbiddance, which is a 6th level abjuration ritual spell. It's only available to clerics. The casting time for this is normally 10 minutes. Now, the cleric will have to have this uh, this spell in their mind. Clerics and druids who have the ability to cast ritual spells have to have the spell in their mind, ready to go prepared before they can cast it. However, if they want to cast it as a ritual and it's in their mind, prepared, ready to be cast, they can cast it for free. Forbiddance is a cool spell. It allows you to create a ward against magical travel that protects up to 40,000 square feet of floor space to a height of 30 feet above the floor for the duration. Creatures can't teleport into the area or use portals such as the ones created by the gate spell. All right. If you cast a spell for 30 days in a row, it becomes permanent until it's dispelled. So a cleric who wanted to make it so that nobody could use gates into or out of their church uh, would have to get a ruby of 1,000 gold pieces powdered, some holy water, and some rare incense. And then they would have to cast the spell over and over again every day. So for 30 days, they, they would take 30,000 gold pieces worth of powdered ruby. But if you had that, then you could block travel permanently for your site. All it'd take is 20 minutes a day and 30,000 gold. <laughs> Whenever a character plans to cast spells, they get a certain number of spell slots a day and a certain number of known spells that they can hold in their mind. Whenever a character plans on casting a spell, they have to have it held inside their head, prepared and ready to go. Clerics and wizards pull this up every day by praying to their god or reading their spell book. Unlike in third and three and a half, though, um... Just because you have a spell prepared doesn't mean you have to use that in one of your spell slots. So it's a lot more flexible now. If a character has, say, Fireball prepared and, I don't know, a Magic Missile, those are two good ones. Uh, and they have three third level spell slots. Well, they can cast ma uh, Fireball three times or they could cast Magic Missile three times in that spot for a powered up version of Magic Missile. Instead of increasing in power as you gain levels like Magic Missile used to, Instead, it increases in power the higher spell slot you use for it. So, Magic Missile is still a very powerful spell. It's great first level spell, and my players have been using it to get out of some pretty tricky situations because it has three bolts that it launches immediately. They automatically hit, and you can direct which opponent they hit. So, that's nice. Um, so, a wizard can hold out their hand and hit three different opponents at the same time, which I find fantastic. The ritual spells are a great thing to do as well, and I was really looking forward to seeing one of those come out and play, since that's about all there is to talk about in regards to spellcasting, though, because it really didn't change. I mean, you still have to make a concentration check if you take damage, and um, you can still only do certain things each turn. If you use a cast a spell as a bonus spell, it count, counts as a swift action. Material components are still only used if they are 
seen as dead uh, if it says they're consumed. I like to add some flair by describing what happens with each of the spells as they're cast whenever I play a game. Cantrips are free now. Zero level spells that happened in 4th edition as well and Pathfinder. But it's a change from 3rd edition. If you fail a concentration check while casting, you don't lose the spell. It just doesn't cast. DC to resist spells has changed slightly. It's 8 plus your spellcasting ability modifier plus your proficiency bonus plus any special modifiers. So that's different. Magical effects stack just like they used to. A spell cast with a bonus action is essentially swift. You must use a bonus action on your turn to cast the spell provided that you haven't already taken a bonus action this turn. You can't cast another spell during the same time, the same turn, unless it's a cantrip with a casting time of one action. Some spells can be cast as reactions. They take a fraction of a second to bring about and are cast in response to some event. If a spell can be cast as a reaction, the spell description tells you exactly when you can do so. And that's it. That's the rules of magic. I mean, it really was just one, two, three, four, five pages. And most of that was recovering rules we'd already known. So what I'd like to do right now is give you just a little bonus about what's to come in our campaign. For those of you listening, I want to reveal to you the name of a character that the party faced last time. And knowing this character's name... It's not necessarily important. In our last session, one of our characters did a one-on-one combat with a uh, with a dragonborn or dragonkin who was a challenge rating of four and could breathe lightning. His name is Langderosa Kyanrath, and he's actually a hatchmate of our character that is also a dragonkin named Gesh. And we're going to have a little short story about that soon. This has been another episode of Can You See What I See? This is uh, sponsored by Kiwi Trails Hosting, www.kiwitrails.com, Q-I-W-I trails.com. I want to thank you for listening to us, and until next time, have a great time gaming. <laughs>